the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Batches. I don't have to show you any stinking batches. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Whatever final bill is produced should be available to the American public and to members of the Senate, certainly for enough time to come to grips with it. That's Chuck Schumer uh, disingenuously attacking a bill that he has no intention of voting for and has said that no Democrat should be a part of. But he's now he's upset. He's he's whining that no Democrat was considered to form this health care repeal bill, Obamacare repeal bill inside of uh, a Senate Senate uh, working group, I suppose. Let's talk more about this uh, and about the overall issues concerning the repeal of Obamacare with Congressman and Dr. Michael Burgess. He has represented the 26th district of the great state of Texas since 2003, currently serving on the prestigious House Energy and Commerce Committee and as chairman of the Subcommittee on Commerce, Manufacturing and Trade, also a member of the Rules Committee. Dr. Burgess founded and is currently serving as co-chair of the Congressional Health Caucus. Congressman, welcome back to the Salcedo Show. Well, Chris, thanks so much. Thanks for having me on. It's a great, great pleasure to talk with you. Uh, first off, uh, let's talk about the, the health care law that's being debated right now uh, inside of this inside of the Senate. Let me just let me just be plain. You know that I am I'm very much against the idea of replace. I'm all for repeal, but I think any replace effort ought to have a sunset provision that, so that the, re, the repeal effort allows us to restore the free market and then government gets out of the way. Give me your honest appraisal. Do you think I'm going to get my wish or have Senate Republicans and a majority of the, the congressional uh, uh, the, the House Republicans, have they conceded that we need an entitlement here? No to the last part of your question, but also, mm-hmm. unfortunately, no to the first part of your statement as well. That is a sunset provision included in the law. But this is what I want to stress to you, Chris, and I I know I get a lot of criticism from people who say, oh, this is not going far enough. The the bill that we passed out of the House, I I just printed off the Senate bill. It's only 170-odd pages, so I expect to be able to read through it before the the day ends. Uh, But I suspect it did not get more conservative as it went through the Senate process. That's just the way things are. But I will tell you this. This is the first step of many steps. It's the first step down the path of accomplishing what you are requesting, which is bringing back more market sensitivity to our health care system, which, of course, was completely lost with the passage of, of the Affordable Care Act. This is the first step of many, and there will be There will be some measures that continue to be under reconciliation, that continue to be partisan exercises. There will be some that will be bipartisan. There are things in the Affordable Care Act that Democrats don't like that they would want us to repeal. So I say, fine, give them their chance, and we will have those repeal votes on other aspects. This is the first step. This is not the conclusion. When Obamacare passed, that was it. There there was no more discussion of health care. We had finished health care for time immemorial. Well, now with the passage of this bill, whenever it happens this week, next week, or the week after, it is the beginning of the process of undoing that, and it does move to accomplish what you wish, which is provide some market sensitivity into the health care into the healthcare marketplace. Somewhat, uh, Congressman, you know that the Republicans are victims of the last eight years 
uh, and the the distrust of government when uh, the other party ran things has reached record highs. Poll after poll after poll shows that faith in America's institutions, when the Democrat Party ran things and, and arguably ran it into the ground, this whole idea that you're talking about of, of trust me government is is completely, you can understand people's skepticism, yes? Sure. Which is why I would just submit it, which is why it is critical that even though it's not perfect, even though it does not accomplish the entire end game that you laid out, it is important to get started down that path. And how uncomfortable is it that six months after receiving the Senate, the House, and the White House, uh, we had 14 Congressional Review Acts that were signed by the president, which were all important, and I, I'm, I'm grateful that those passed, but the big-ticket big pieces of legislation are still bottled up in the legislative process, and that's unacceptable. We have now, a president you, who wants to work with us, and yeah. we won't work and send him the work product. That is you unacceptable. Men- you mentioned 107 pages really quickly. Uh, what provisions did, did, you, did you go, hmm, I wonder what that's all about, because you said it's less conservative than the House version. What's giving yeah. you pause just by your, your quick browsing of the bill? Well, I, I, I literally just got it off the printer when I had to walk over here to, uh, to make this call. So I, um, th- there are, I'm sure there are things that are going to concern me. There's, there's just no question about that. We, we talked about uh, on the, you know, there were so few moving parts under reconciliation. And I know people don't want to hear about reconciliation in the Senate procedure. I don't like to talk about it. Uh, Tom DeLay once warned me you can never... You can never legislate from the House side trying to legislate to Senate rules. But still, that's, uh, that's kind of the world we're in right now. So the only moving parts were the taxes, the mandates, uh, to some degree the Medicaid expansion. So those are the things that are going to be, uh, those are the things that are going to be adjusted, if you will, to, uh, to get the Senate votes, to get the CBO score, to get the House votes. Those are the things that are going to be adjusted. You will see significant activity next week. The Senate will go through an almost 24-hour uh, um, markup in the whole Senate, in the Senate floor, where any, wow. Senate can offer, any senator can offer an amendment. So there will you know, the people say, oh, you're not given enough time. There's going to be a lot of time for people to offer amendments. And there will be some amendments that uh, will be uncomfortable for people to vote against in their, representing their states. But that is uh, that in the end product, remember, still has to pass the House after it gets done over there. Or we sure. work on it and change it and send it back to them. All right, Congressman and Dr. Michael Burgess, our guest right now here on the Chris Salcedo Show, folks. Let me change uh, topics here because uh, the violent atmosphere up on Capitol Hill uh, has has taken the, the nation's attention since the shooting last week. Uh, a crazed Bernie Sanders supporter targeting to kill uh, members of your party, sir, of the Republican Party. Yep. Scott Pelley, a former uh, anchor with CBS uh, Evening News, blamed yep. the GOP for that crazed liberal shooting at them. James Devine, a Democrat strategist, says uh, that uh, folks should hunt the GOP. The liberal group Antifa is calling for violence against Trump supporters and capitalists. And of course, the shooter, Hodgkinson, uh, his unhinged rampage. I want to play something for you from your colleague Jason Chaffetz from from his office this morning. Have a listen to this. Yes, sir. We're going to hunt your down. It's Jason Chaffetz. We the people think that the best solution is to kill you. You have only yeah. brought pain and suffering to the world. Let us pray. God Almighty, please let someone kill Jason Chaffetz very soon. 
Now, he went on to say that those people should be found and prosecuted. First off, I want to ask you, have you received death threats in your office, and have they been investigated, and have those individuals been prosecuted? Uh, yes to all of the above, but nothing recently. Okay. All right. And what is your opinion on the growing toxicity of our politics? Well, it's our, you know, our politics has always been, uh, historically, that there's, there's always been a, a pretty robust discussion. It has changed since the, uh, the president was inaugurated, and it's almost as if there was permission given to one side to, be, uh, to, to veer into territory that you and I would never find acceptable in our political discourse. And I, I agree that that needs to change, and, and I think I'd, I'd respectfully disagree with Mr. Pelley and think I would be happy to tell him that he's wrong. Uh, the, I do not understand why the tape that, Jason, Mr. Chaffetz uh, prepared and, and submitted was not uh, one that someone thought needed to be investigated. I suspect that likely will be rethought in the in the next yeah. hours uh, now that he's made that public. Um, I'll just tell you when I have had situations where someone will call up and say, you ought to be killed. Uh, but if they don't say, I'm going to kill you, then they, there's no action taken. And I that may be too loose an interpretation of federal law. The sergeant at arms has encouraged us to to bring things forward if we're concerned about them. And and I think that's the right response. I do want to stress, I don't think we deserve any other additional protection than anyone else, and we ought to follow the laws of the land. Uh, I'd like to see reciprocity from concealed carry from states that allow it. But as yep. far as a carve-out from members of Congress, I don't think we should give us a special deal. All right, Congressman Michael Burgess, everybody, 26th Congressional District, sir. Appreciate your time. As always, when they start marking up that bill next week, we might want to get you back on. Always appreciate Absolutely. the time you give us here. I'm All at right. your disposal anytime. Thank you. 888 It's the Chris Salcedo Show. We, when we get back, let's jump into Jay Johnson's testimony yesterday. And I think the man revealed a little bit more than he wanted to about what was going on uh, in Team Obama's mind when they were openly investigating, or maybe deceptively, I should say, investigating Team Trump. Back in a minute, the Chris Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. Conservative talk. Sounds spicy! This is the Chris Salcedo Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-8192. That's 800-600-8192. 800-600. 8192. The Chris Salcedo Show. Donald Trump, the President of the United States, tweeting out the following With all of the recently reported electronic surveillance, intercepts, unmasking, and illegal leaking of information, I have no idea whether there are tapes or recordings of my conversations with James Comey. But I did not make and do not have any such recordings. <laughs> uh, remember Donald Trump, the president, saying, oh, you people in the press aren't going to like this. You're not going to like the answer to this. And uh, I would 
speculate since these these leakers, these illegal leakers are highly regarded amongst the press. These felons are highly regarded among the press. <laughs> that th- this series of tweets by the real Donald Trump, POTUS, President of the United States, is not sitting well with them. But that's making news today. Uh, and I'm happy to pass on that news on the Chris Alcedo Show. By the way, uh, they're having a fit over at CNN, I hear, that today's press briefing was audio only, no cameras. Well, what's the problem, CNN? What's the problem? I just... Set up a tape recorder. No problem. No, I understand you're a visual medium. I understand that it doesn't fit in with your agenda, but I don't want the country to be run with CNN's agenda in mind. Don't really care. Fox didn't complain. I'm I'm sure MSNBS did, but um, they're just moving right along. If anything newsworthy came out of it, I'm sure that... uh, the audio would suffice. I mean, the information was there. You got your access. What are you moaning about? What are you complaining about? <laughs> As a matter of fact, we in conservative talk radio find it uh, wholly acceptable. Love it. No, pr- Even if they went to just, you know, written word. We're okay with that. What's the matter, CNN? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, let's, let's, let's change to the, uh, the leader of the basket of bias and their favorite topic, which is of course the, the show trials, the show hearings that are going on right now. Now, the reason I didn't get to these sound bites the day they happened or the day after they happened was because the day after this all went, came down was the shooting in Virginia. So it kind of put this all on hold, but I have been on record and I said this and I was very happy to have Charles Krauthammer echo the sentiments. And we used as evidence the fact that Democrats, whenever they get Trump officials or, or uh, officials in front of their committees, they never ask about Russia. They never ask about what Russia did, how extensive was it, how, why was this unprecedented? All they are interested in talking about is Trump. Trump associates, Trump this, Trump, 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 Trump. That's all all they ever ask about. In particular, Democrats are not interested in punishing Russia. Have you guys noticed that? Has Chucky Schumer or Nancy Pelosi or any of the Elizabeth Warren, any of these Democrats expressed any interest whatsoever in punishing Russia for interfering in our elections. Why, no, they have not. You know, if I were Donald Trump, I'd come out with a press conference tomorrow and say, you know, I've been hearing the Democrats, they're, they're very upset that the Russians interfered in our elections. Um, I am looking for the Democrats to join me in military reprisal against against Russia to deter the Russians and any other country from interfering in our elections in the future. And I expect every single Democrat to support me. Every single Democrat to authorize it. 
truth of the matter is, folks, they they don't want to stand up to Russia. Vladimir Putin's a former KGB guy, communist. They 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 the the Democrats have a lot more in common with Vladimir Putin than than um, than Trump does. It's uh, I I would I'd love to call him to the carpet on it. Here's a uh, Charles Krauthammer echoing your liberty loving Latino. Listen to this. And you really have to ask yourself, uh, just measure the distance between our hearings today and it'll be about did, how many times did you meet with the Russian ambassador, etc. And what was supposed to be the original issue, Russian meddling in this election, about which every Democratic senator in the hearings last week was unbelievably sanctimonious, as if the future of the Republic hinged on this. Uh, they're... they're Barely interested in it at all. This is a a battering ram for attacking this president. Yep, it's exactly what it is. It's a political maneuver, putting the nation at risk so Democrats can have a political advantage. Period. End of sentence. They're willing to do damage, real damage, to the United States of America in an effort to in an effort to hurt Trump. Tom Cotton reminded Democrats of what their alleged purpose for all of their caterwauling the last six, seven months has been about. I am on this side of the dais. So a very simple question that should be asked is, did Donald Trump or any of his associates in the campaign collude with Russia in hacking those emails and releasing them to the public? That's where we started six months ago. We have now heard from six of the eight Democrats in this committee. And to my knowledge, I don't think a single one of them asked that question. They didn't. They didn't because they don't want to know. They don't want to know. They don't care. They don't want to punish Russia. Hell, half these Democrats were around during the Kennedy. Kennedy, they're the lion of the Senate. Ted Kennedy conspired with the Russians to unseat Ronald Reagan. Democrats have a long history of colluding with the Soviets or left-wing governments all over the planet to harm the United States or to harm the electoral prospects of the opposing party. Long tradition here. You know, uh, Newt Gingrich came out yesterday or day before last and said, you know what I think we ought to do? We ought to be investigating every nation's influence on our politics. Just how many Democrats have been meeting with Russians? Just how many Democrats have been meeting with all of these other these other foreign officials. And by the way, Hillary Clinton perfected this. She turned all of that into cash when she was uh, heading up uh, the, the uh, State Department. Uh, so I, I, I think if Donald Trump were eager to take this to the next level, think, you know what? I think we ought to really, we really ought to investigate. As a matter of fact, I'm calling on Republicans to call investigations into how many members of Congress have had meetings with foreign ambassadors? How, how many other countries have tried to influence America's elections? And by the way, Jay Johnson let the cat out of the bag yesterday, and I'll play that for you. Coming up, uh, Trey Gowdy got Jay Johnson to admit that the Russians have been trying to influence our elections for years, dating back to the Soviet era. Well, it's something we already knew. And this, this was no surprise to anybody. 
As a matter of fact, they inter- they tried to interfere in our election when Barack Obama was elected. Odd that nobody called for investigations back then. Gee, I wonder why. 888-900-3393. The Chris Salcedo Show. On the Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo show on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, so uh, before I leave uh, Senator Cotton, he and and Senator Sessions had a really good time mocking the Democrats because you guys remember that there was a thir- alleged third incident where <gasps> Senator Sessions, then Senator Sessions, met with Ambassador Kislyak, which of course every Democrat has done, which of course. So many Republicans have done, and it's not nefarious, never has been considered nefarious. So <laughs> there was a meeting, and this is how the, the basket of biased press and Democrats classified it, a quote unquote meeting between Kislyak and then Senator Sessions at the Mayflower Hotel. Now, the only problem with this meeting was it was an open event that Kislyak and Sessions happened to be at together. They, Sessions says he has no idea that Kislyak was going to even be there. And he, he doesn't even remember even talking to the guy. As a matter of fact, he had just as much interaction with Kislyak as I'm assuming other lawmakers did who were there. So uh, have a listen to, to this. This is, again, Senator Tom Cotton and the Attorney General Jeff Sessions making fun of Democrats and what they want us all to believe happened at the Mayflower and the, uh, the, the, the amount of, quote-unquote, collusion between Trumpers and the Russian government. What do we think happened at the Mayflower? M- Mr. Sessions, are, are you familiar with what spies called tradecraft? A little bit. That involves things like covert communications and dead drops and brush passes, right? That is part of it. Do you like spy fiction? John Le Carre, Daniel Silva, Jason Matthews? Yeah, Alan first. David Jason Ignatius. Bo- just Jason finished Bourne Ignatius's or, book. Like, do you like Jason Bourne or James Bond movies? No. Yes. <laughs> I do. <laughs> have, have you ever, in any of these fantastical situations, heard of a plot line so ridiculous that a sitting United States senator and an ambassador of a foreign government colluded at an open setting with hundreds of other people <laughs> to pull off the greatest caper in the history of espionage? Uh, of espionage. Uh, somebody's cough covered that last syllable, espionage. So, yeah, you're right. Uh, uh, well, Senator Cotton's right. And, and can you folks imagine a scenario where uh, a sitting senator colluded a secret plot to destroy America's elections and put Donald Trump, the Manchurian candidate, in power? And they had clandestine meetings in front of hundreds of people. <laughs> I mean, if this is how you're conducting espionage, uh, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> Let's just say that. So they're having so much fun. And then here comes Sessions. Thank you for saying that, uh, Senator Cotton. It's just like through the looking glass. I mean, what is this? 
I explained how, in good faith, I said I had not met with Russians because they were uh, suggesting I, as a surrogate, had been meeting continuously with Russians. I said I didn't meet with them. And now the next thing you know, uh, I'm accused of some reception uh, uh, plotting some sort of uh, influence campaign for the American election. Yeah, uh, it does strain credibility, doesn't it? So uh, Sessions and, and, and this, this does deserve mockery. The idea that there was collusion and then now obstruction. I think that it's a, it, a serious and, and, and I think we should throw the book at the Russians. I think I think Vladimir Putin should uh, should be forced to pay a steep price for trying to interfere with our elections. I, I truly and honestly do. So uh, Democrats don't want any part of that. All they want to do is beat up Trump. So I think we ought to call them on it. Now, Trey Gowdy had Jay Johnson in front of him in committee yesterday, got Jay Johnson to admit uh, the, the unusual, was it unusual for the Russians to, to try to influence our elections? Is that unusual? Russia has a history of cyber attacks against our country. Is that true? Yes. In our, the parlance of our former jobs, uh, Russia would be considered a career offender um, as it comes to seeking to undermine the foundations of our republic. They are constantly trying to attack the, the, the foundations and firmament of our republic. Is that fair? I think that's a fair statement. All right. So they're a career offender. Um, they have a history of cyber attacks on our country. Uh, we suspected before the as November election. Sir? The as do others, by the way. Yes, sir. It yes, sir. You're absolutely right. Again, uh, Newt Gingrich, and I completely agree, believe there needs, uh, needs to be a full investigation on how, how much influence other nations have had on Democrats and Republicans. But you see, Congress, both parties, they don't want to have that type of inquiry, do they? No, they'd rather just have these show, these show meetings, these show hearings to harm Trump, the never Trumpers and the Republican Party and the and the Democrats, even even though there is after a year of investigation, no evidence of any collusion is it, 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 it's not just them. But for purposes of this this morning, I want to focus on Russia. We suspected before the November elections that they might attack our voting infrastructure. Is that fair to say? Uh, yes. In fact, you warned that they were going to do so. I was very concerned that they would do so, which is why I kept issuing all these public statements. Yes, sir. All right. At the time you separated from service in January of 2017, you have seen no evidence that the Russians were successful at changing uh, voter tallies or voter totals. Correct. So the Russians attempted, but were not successful. The Russians attempted to influence our elections, but we're not successful. Well, that's according to the incompetent former administration. Now, look, I, I, I will leave room for the possibility that Team Obama was so incompetent and so anti-American that they couldn't stop the Russians from influencing our elections. I, I could allow that. I could actually believe that. 
at the time you separated from service in January of 2017, had you seen any evidence that uh, Donald Trump or any member of his campaign colluded, conspired, or coordinated with the Russians or anyone else uh, to infiltrate or impact our uh, voter infrastructure? Um, not beyond uh, what has been out there open source. Open source, meaning in the press. And the press has come up with bubkiss, with, with, with zero, zilch, nada. They have come up with nothing. All they have is anonymous sources. And even those anonymous sources have not said they have definitive proof that President Trump colluded with the Russians. Not even the anonymous people who get everything wrong have said that. So that's one aspect. Trey Gowdy also focused in on, remember that server that was hacked at the DNC? There was an attempt made to infiltrate the Republican server at the RNC and an attempt made at the DNC, and the DNC was successful. So you would imagine that the Democrats were all about getting justice, right? Director Johnson, I don't want to beat a dead horse, um, but I do think it's important. The last time you and I talked, I, I wasn't 100% sure, uh, but I've since had it confirmed. The DNC never turned the server over to law enforcement. Um, so twice now you have said that uh, you could have camped out in front of the DNC, and I would say in defense of you, it wouldn't have made any difference if you had, because uh, they weren't going to give you the server. So if you're investigating either from a law enforcement or from an intelligence standpoint, the hacking by a foreign hostile government, wouldn't you want the server? Wouldn't that help you, number one, identify who the attacker was? And if memory serves me, this was early in the summer of 2016 when we learned of the DNC hack. So if they had turned the server over to either you or Director Comey, maybe we would have known more. And maybe there would have been more for you to report. Uh, so I guess what I'm asking you is, why would the victim of a crime not turn over a server to the intelligence community or to law enforcement? I'm not going to argue with you, sir. Uh, that was a leading question, and I'll agree to be led. <laughs> not even Jay Johnson could defend that. He didn't, he didn't want any part of it. He knows the Democrats were hiding something, and... He, he just wasn't going to get involved in the politics of that. Not even Obama's director of Homeland Security wanted to get involved and try to answer the question, hey, why didn't the Democrats turn over their server to the FBI for a full examination? wonder why. Will that ever be answered from the, the very transparent Democrat Party? I doubt it. Up next, Jay Johnson. He gave... Uh, an answer that I think is really indicative of what is actually going on here. And the reason why we're dealing with Russia, 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 even eight months later. Stick around. It's the Salcedo Show right here on The Blaze. Keep up with The Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on The Blaze Radio Network. This is the Chris Salcedo Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. I got to be honest, my jaw hit the floor when a Democrat by the name of Adam Schiff 
asked the following question of Jay Johnson. So that's happening in late summer, uh, mid to late summer. Why did it take the administration so long to make a public statement that a foreign adversary was trying to influence the American election? The statement didn't come until October. Uh, why did we wait from July till October to make that statement? It's a hell of a good question. Remember, Team Obama claimed they knew about Russian hacking the summer before the election. When did they announce it? October, a month before the election. Why wait so long? Well, Jay Johnson gives us a hint as to why. Well, Congressman, I'm going to disagree with your premise that there was some type of delay. Um, this was a big decision, and there were a lot of considerations that went into it. Uh, this was an unprecedented step. Um, first, as you know well, uh, we have to carefully consider whether declassifying the information compromises sources and methods. Second, there was an ongoing election, and many would criticize us for perhaps taking sides in the election. So that had to be carefully considered. One of the candidates, as you recall, was predicting that the election was going to be rigged in some way. And so we were concerned that by making the statement, we might in and of itself be um, uh, challenging the integrity of the, of the election process. Yeah. So the fact that Trump was out there saying, ah, the election, the election's rigged, the election's rigged. And then all of a sudden here comes Team Obama saying, the Russians are uh, attacking our election. Now, why would that, why would they not want to get that? If they thought it was going to harm Trump, why wouldn't Team Obama do it that summer? Well, don't forget, every poll, every biased news organization was saying that Trump was going to get his butt handed to him in the election, that the inevitable Hillary Clinton was going to smoke him, that Donald Trump didn't have a snowball's chance in Hades of making it, right? They all thought she was going to win. So the last thing that Jay Johnson and Barack Obama and his, his incompetent team wanted to do was to, to give validity to the charge that Donald Trump was saying, which was, it's rigged. Because if Hillary Clinton was to have won, then everybody would be out there uh, marching in the streets saying, it was the Russians, it was the Russians. It was the Russians who gave Hillary the White House. Team Obama admitted it. And they wanted to avoid that. So they waited until a month before the election to make the announcement. And Jay Johnson just admitted, I don't think he meant to do this, but he admitted the motivation right there. You had a guy out there in Donald Trump talking about, about the election being uh, rigged. And the last thing they wanted to do was taint Hillary Clinton's occupation of the Oval Office. See, Obama didn't do things for the best interest of the country. He did things for the best interest of his ideology and his party. And he thought that his legacy would be safest with Hillary Clinton. Of course, as you, as you now know, since Trump has been in there, Obama's legacy is being peeled away one layer at a time. And thankfully, we're all better for it. 
But Jay Johnson revealed the reason why the reason why Team Obama didn't come out right away and say, hey, the Russians are trying to attack us, which, by the way, they do every single time. They do every single time. Was because they thought she was going to win it and they didn't want to taint Hillary. And if this is such an unprecedented attack, why aren't Democrats asking these questions in open committee? How are they attacking us? What, how is this unprecedented for what the Soviets did, for what Russia has done in the past? Why is it? And then what can we do to defend ourselves? Those questions aren't happening right now. Democrats don't want to, to basically make Russia pay. They want to make Trump pay. They're, they are wildly not curious about how Russia exactly influenced our elections. They just want to hurt Trump. Remember, everybody, society's worth isn't measured by how much power is seized by government, but rather how much power is reserved for we the people. Have a grand day. Friday tomorrow. See you then on The Blaze. 888-900-3393. The Chris Salcedo Show. On The Blaze Radio Network.